Hey, everybody. Welcome to the huddle. We're coming to you every single Tuesday to discuss maintaining forward progress in your flooring career. We really designed the podcast around that particular thing, maintaining forward progress in your flooring career. So we go over topics and best practices and, um, you know, opportunities to improve your business every week. Uh, with me, as always, is Mr. Daniel and Jose Gonzalez with Preferred Flooring out of Michigan. I'm Paul Stewart with Go Carrera and Stewart and & Associates. This week is part three of a, <laughs> a four-part series based on relationships uh, or centered on relationships. We talked about general contractors last, last week where uh, is the bulk of our business and and most of what I've done over my career. This week, we're talking about homeowners. And that is your guys's, uh, I think, you know, silo better than myself. Uh, we do maybe five homes a year. Generally, it's a uh, general contractor's house or one of our architect's house or something like that. Um, we don't really have a showroom or anything like that uh, from a residential standpoint. That being said, I've done some uh, quite a bit over my career, but dealing with homeowners uh, typically brings some particular pitfalls and and particular uh, advantages as well, and some some opportunities. So, I thought we'd start off with um, me just telling a brief history because we don't do that much so mine's going to be real brief and then i'll turn it over to you guys and we can have a good discussion based on how to build relationships with these uh with these homeowners so you can get some repeat business and um, have a great reputation so most of my career has been in commercial flooring and that's how it started uh when i started subcontracting around uh 98 um we, you know, I obviously did some residential uh, work. I had both gamuts of residential work back then, and it wasn't really dealing directly with homeowners much. I was working with a really high-end uh, in interior designer, and so I do a lot of wool carpet and things like that, and um, I really got my butt handed to me a few times on that. I hadn't been properly trained on how to install wool, and uh, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, and then I had a guy that owned, I guess you call him Slumlord is the, the best uh, slang word to use. He owns a very large portion of an area that used to be military housing and um, really kind of low end, lower end homes. And uh Back in the old L.D. Brinkman days, I would buy carpet from L.D. Brinkman and uh, sell the whole package to him for $9 a yard installed. So um, I did everything from installing uh, $12 a yard for just installation on the wool to uh, $9 a yard furnish carpet pad and installation. We did a brief time in 2002 two we had uh the first to my knowledge the first real mobile showroom and at the time we had taken a eight foot box truck and turned it into a showroom um and started doing residential 
we did that for about a year, figured out real quick that it just was not real. Um, it didn't fit our wheelhouse of, of business. And so we got out of it. But a few things I learned in that time. Homeowners value their vacation almost as much as their money. And if you mess up their vacation to replace their carpet and you do not get their carpet done in time or something goes wrong, you are in trouble. <laughs> or at least that was my experience. Uh, they, my, I hate to say this, and I'd love to see if you guys have a counter or if I'm just off on this with my limited amount of experience. But I found them often working to uh, try to get something for free or we scratched something that they wanted replaced. And every time we got those those items uh, brought up, it was a it was just not a fun discussion. Um, so we were in it for a year. We did a, a bunch of work in that year, but um, I, I found it was it was just complicated to operate from a commercial mindset and do residential. So that's kind of my limited uh, experience. Um, what is your guys's, I, I know you guys have done residential, still do residential, um, probably much better, uh, suited to talk about this topic and how you guys have succeeded in building those relationships with those, uh, those homeowners. So kick it off. Whoever wants well, to jump. I'll go, ahead, I'll go ahead and get started. And, and, and I just want to, I just want to clarify Yes, uh, we do commercial and residential, but we are still primarily a commercial outfit. Um, the, the residential that, that we have obtained is through our connections, through the general trades, um, or through uh, the, the support that we've given to our school district. And, you know, it's kind of returning the favor and it's kind of on full circle over the panel uh, from from helping out little leagues and school teams and all that. So residential won't be our first choice. It wouldn't be um, because you, there there is a lot to it that we still need to work on, all right? But like you said, the, the small little things, because me as a consumer, I know that I'm very picky, right? And I expect the, I expect, uh, the homeowners to be as well. And it's just one of those things is where if you grew up in the commercial industry and you step into someone's home, totally different here. You have to prepare yourself uh, for change. Um, Can I? Oh, looks like we dropped him. You're on mute there, Daniel. It looks like we dropped Jose. I tell him to, to shut his video. Right, here he goes. See would you back on? Clarify maybe maybe Daniel real quick. Did did you guys start in commercial or did you start in residential or did you just kind of out of the gate do both? They all said turn your video off to save bandwidth. <laughs> but so uh, cut out. we started. We started in commercial, right? So that that's where everything started from, and then. Like like you 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 see something and uh, it it's like in the the book traction they call it shiny things. Hey, 
residential just fall under my lap. Let me see what, what happens. And you're, you, you start going over there and then dealing with the homeowners and stuff. And personally, I don't like residential. Like when something like that comes across, I'm just like, Hey, you guys can handle this. I can handle something else because I don't have that, like, kind of like we were talking about with Crystal, like she has that, um, the patience and stuff to deal with people. And in the commercial world, we were talking like, I'm more, let me get in there. Boom, boom, boom. Things are going to go my way. That's how it's going to be with homeowners. It's a little more, uh, where can I be today? Well, how can we work with you? Because this, that, that's, that's their home, man. That's something that they're, that's their livelihood, right? It's not something that they're just going to go in and work eight hours and then skate. It's where they're going to come home to try and be themselves after work. And that's a little bit more, uh, more tricky to, to work around than it is to when you're in a commercial world and you're just, you know, balls to the wall, trying to get everything done that you can. It's more give and take than it, than the commercial world. So we, we started in the, in the commercial, we are doing residential and it's not something that we advertise. Um, so you guys are a lot like us then just maybe still doing more. Uh, it, it, it sounded like you guys did a fair amount and maybe, um, May it sound, but it appears you're about like us, like you really started in commercial, did commercial, and then the residential that comes your way, you do, but you don't get out, advertise, you know, have right. A, and and we tell people straight up, you know, when they come to us, it's if if we're really if residentially, if we're being put against other people into like a bid situation, like they're getting numerous quotes. We'll, we'll pretty much lose every time. Um, the, the guys that, and it, and it sucks for these guys because we, we know them and we talk to them on a regular basis, but the, the rates that some of these stores are going in at, it's like the only way for them to make money for the most part is to cut corners wherever they can and bang out as much yardage in a day as they can. And we try and sell our jobs so it's not like that. So, you know, when someone goes in there, it's we're using seam sealer. We're, we're using the right kind of tape. We're power stretching. We're not just kicking stuff in. And that's, um, it's hard to explain to people sometimes the difference because all they look at is the bottom dollar and they don't look at, what they're getting with that that money it's low is best because i'm trying to spend the least amount of money and it isn't until you know they get burned and a lot of a lot of the stuff that we actually get residentially is from people that have been burned by some of the bigger guys in town and they're like we don't want to deal with them anymore can you help me yeah can you guys hear me at all oh yeah we can hear you now okay i just wanted to make sure yeah yeah daniel's right but about all that and and i do a lot of the residential bids or, or estimates i would say because they're not really bids and he's absolutely right we don't uh, aggressively go after them but um the ones we do get we're sought after um, because of the issues and 
we're problem solvers. And I don't know how much well, of that conversation you guys got before I like my screen just flashed went blank. It's funny, Daniel's in the Bahamas and is just looking awesome, sounding great. You're right here in the US and we're having tech difficulties there. Yeah, I, I'm sitting out in front of a Home Depot because it was the closest parking lot to pull over. It's probably gotcha. what it is. They're stealing. They're stealing my signal. So how many how many residential projects will you guys do in a year? Uh, we've had quite a few this year. Uh, a it's, lot. It's actually that that segment of our stuff is growing, and um, we went from like two percent. Uh, a few years ago to we're probably probably pushing around you know eight to ten percent right now I, i'm i'm guessing i haven't ran the numbers but that's that's fairly accurate i feel like that's fairly accurate right in the ten percent mark we have some awesome. promotions going on here huh yeah charlotte welcome to the call Thank you. So um, you guys do a fair amount of residential. Go ahead and like, let's get into the relationship piece of that. What's the, what's the, uh, what's the trick? What's your guys' uh, approach to dealing with homeowners and making them raging fans of your, your company or your, your installation business or whatever um, you guys may be a part of? Jose, Daniel, anyone? Well, okay, all we so pretty much do is residential. So um, we're Craftsman Harvard Flooring in San Angelo, Texas. And that's that's our main uh, clientele is homeowners. Um, we pretty much, you know, are a, a Craftsman store. We, you know, we're about our services, our customer service, our craftsmanship. And people kind of just know us and they'll gravitate towards us versus, you know, going to a, a we basically specialize in, in uh, hardwood, um, some laminate, but mostly just hardwood. We do custom design floors, you know, herringbone patterns and stuff like that. And so, you know, there it's basically we're just marketing ourselves as, you know, the people to come to if you need, you know, floor restoration or if you need hardwood flooring. I mean, and they pretty much we've had we just got a reputation around in the area. Yeah, and so you're a niche uh, flooring company, so you're you kind of stay in that one vertical or somewhere close to it with hardwoods and and custom work. Mm -hmm. um, is there other competitors in your area that do at least have the same approach as you guys? No, there's no one in the area that just specializes in what we do. I mean, people know that we are the go-to in this area. There is other hardwood installers. I mean, as far as we know, there's maybe one other one, and he only does solid hardwood on restorations in the old homes. Um, the other companies, you know, we actually have, we used to work for a lot of the other um, companies in the area before we opened up our retail end of the store. So they can't call us anymore. So I really have no idea who they're using, but um, you know, we end up, you know, going back and like Jose was saying, going back and fixing 
you know, other people's problems, you know? So um, my son, Matt Garcia is the owner of the store and he's just like super meticulous about not making mistakes. We rarely have any job that, you know, has mm -hmm. messed up and to go back with. And like I said, we're going back in the area and fixing other people's mistakes. So what, what kind of um, challenges and uh, maybe some pitfalls that we can share with the audience on dealing with homeowners in general um, and how do you build those relationships? You're, you're unique because you, you have a bit of advantage being kind of the only one doing that in your area, but you still have to satisfy the client and take mm -hmm. care of the client and do the right thing. So, John does a lot. He does everything. So how, how do you, how do you do that and maintain that that loyalty from the homeowner well the first of all we we try you know we're we're geared to i'm the salesperson in the store so you know they call on the first uh person that they touch base with here and so you know we talk about we we i don't get into like what they want or what you know whatever we talk about their projects uh you know what is their lifestyle their family dogs you know, and, you know, honestly, we want to get them the right product. If we're not the right product, we'll, we'll send them to somebody that will be the right product. And so that's how they, we get their loyalty. In fact, this morning, I had a client that actually ended up not using us because of her budget. And, you know, we understood that. And she's bringing another client in that does have the budget uh, to come in and look at, you know, the floors that we provide here. And so that's the ultimate of loyalty. She wasn't even our customer, but she loved the way that we went out there. Matt had done a custom design for her. You know, when it was all done and said, she just didn't have it in her budget. And sometimes that's just the way it is. But the fact that she's bringing another client back to us speaks huge. So it's yeah. basically, we're not trying to, you know, make money off of them. We really want to provide a service. We want to solve their problems. We want to you know, be able to uh, give them what they, they want. We want them to come back in 10 years and say, I'm so glad that you talked me into this flooring, you know, because if I would have went with, you know, per se vinyl plank, it would have been replaced by now, but this floor still looks beautiful 10 years later. And that's exactly what you told us. And we also guarantee um, Matt will go back and look. We, we, we do the lifetime of the floor guarantee, um, which means, you know, obviously if there's, you know, flooding or something like that, that's not included, but you know, if it, for some reason, something pops somewhere, I mean, Matt will just go check it out. It's no big deal. It's like, that's just part of our customer service is to be there. We answer the phones, you know, we, we make them feel like whatever their problem is, is important. So yeah. last week when we were talking about general contractors and, and such, we, we discussed actually showing them you care. It sounds like that's what you do with the homeowners. You, you prove you actually care. Uh, at the end of the day, what they end up with and that their long-term happiness with their floor is uh, utmost important to you. And if we, do, we, we follow up with them too. I've developed a basket that I give them that has cleaning instructions um, for how to take care of their hardwood floors, what products to use, what products not to use, which is That's huge. Um, you know, we, we just, we provide that follow-up service, you know, and they really appreciate it. And, you know, we're, we're providing a quality service for them and that we truly 
you know, Matt's the same way as me. You know, I can sell ice to an Eskimo, but only if I believe in the ice. <laughs> yeah. What so about Jim, you, John? Oh Welcome to the call. Jim, yeah, thank you. Facebook oh, said go ahead, that Daniel. it's about customer expectation. Uh, be precise and detailed on what the customer is to expect and what they expect from you. Always under promise and over deliver. It's kind of, you know, where you're getting at with that's, that's, everything yeah, afterward, right? Because not a lot of other stores are going to provide that that kind of information or the actual cleaning materials and stuff like that. So that's awesome that you guys do that. Yeah. John, welcome to the call. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. I, honored to be here. Uh, and uh, I caught the, the, the first part and I, I would, I am mainly a residential installer. I, I kind of go with the slogan of a man in a van and uh, I sell it all. I install it all. But um, uh, they, you got, we were talking about, you know, uh, I get when your business gets to a certain size, it's hard to be competitive in a residential market. And me even being a smaller size, it's, it, it's at times difficult. But I think the, um, the challenges, you know, that I look at that, that I see in my area might be, you know, different from other areas. What um, is your area, John? So rural, uh, blue collar, uh, working class. And that's, that's uh, what I have. John, this is your, this is your time for a plug, brother. This is yeah. Your time where where are you? What, what, what's in. the name of your place and, and where yeah, you're at? So I got uh, Steyer Flooring here in Algona, Iowa. It is, uh, it, I mean, I truly, we are in the middle of nowhere. You know, I, 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 was just down in Wichita, Kansas, and I thought, you know, some of those areas just definitely reminded me on the drive there of Elgona, you know, but uh, definitely a, 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 a Midwest town. I mean, uh, real, real, uh, uh, just kind of a, a homebody type people. Um, and that's, that is my, that's my customer base, and I'm aware of it, and I know that that's that's the serve uh, the, the clientele that i want to serve and and so um one comment that i wanted to make is because i heard this you know uh while, while i was actually down in wichita and it just comes to you know pricing you know you get you get in that residential market you know and everybody's on a race to the bottom and i i truly don't believe that's true um, and I think you can see that by with just how people live their lives now, you know, you can pull into somebody's driveway and, and I'm, you know, before I even go into that house, I'm looking around like, okay, they've got a well-kept yard. Their vehicles are clean. Their garage is organized. These people like nice stuff. So to me, that's almost kind of easy to sell at that point because you can, you can sell value. These people understand it. Um, we're vice versa. Um, you know, I, I get maybe if you're not in a neighborhood like that, that that might be that might be a, might be a challenge moving forward. I think some of it may be your average homeowner is not when we're taking residential and commercial and like comparing them a bit. Uh, your average homeowner just it's harder to sell value when they don't understand the difference between one carpet and the next or one LVT in the next. And they look at you maybe not in your area, but in a lot of areas, they look at the salesman as just that, a salesman. Whereas when you're, when you're talking to an architect or general contractor about, you know, what floor is appropriate for their project, you're talking, it, they, they understand some of the terminology, whether you're, you're talking about, 
different types of vinyl for a hospital or different types of carpet and why to use that type of carpet in in this area versus another you you got a little bit of understanding there i think you just have to educate the homeowner more is that what you're saying yes yeah uh people will and that's the uniqueness i think of what i have is as i'm the guy coming back to put it in so they're already reaching out to, you know, hey, we need to know, we, we, we want carpet, but should we put carpet in our hallway? Because we're, we're unsure of, you know, we got a very busy household. And I, I think when you- Only in the bathrooms. Only in the bathroom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got boys, let's put, we want uh, shag up the walls. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I am, I'm very comfortable in the residential market. I, I am. And, and, uh, and I think it's, it's a lot, um, Daniel made the comment that it is, you know, when you work, I, I, I'll, I'll kind of get a little sidetracked, but I'll come right back. Two commercial jobs I sold this year are 50 or uh, 10% of, of my total gross sales, only two, you know, so that just goes to show you that it don't take a whole lot of work on that side to keep a guy like me busy. So I get that. So when you're doing like residential, and, and I've got, let's say, four jobs that week. I've got four personalities I got to juggle them. I got to get in the right mindset that, okay. That's a this great is, way to put it. Yes. Yes. So I, it, it does take a unique individual to do that. And it, even as an installer, where you might not be on the part of the sales part of it, you're just showing up to do the install. You've got to have that mindset that today you might be in Mrs. Jones' home and, and she's very quiet and keeps to herself. And then tomorrow you're in Tom's home and, and he's a lonely guy that just wants to chit chat your ear off. And how do you balance that and, and, and uh, continue working and, and be known as, you know, this is the go to guy because you can you can not only are you a craftsman with your hand and your skills, but you have some, you know, I, I'm going to use the word like maybe some verbal judo to some degree where you can <laughs> I like it. You can take on those situations. And what you know, you're, and I, and I know, John. I know John too, like on a personal level too, like John is very, is very uh, good at articulating himself and he is very versatile in any, in any atmosphere. So that helps him out too. And maybe, maybe that's one of those things where it definitely helps to, to, to be able to articulate yourself and be like what Bruce Lee, be like water, my friend. Yeah. A quick observation, John here is <clears throat> You got to be aware. It sounds like to me, you're super aware of who you're dealing with. Um, being aware of their home when you pull up or the type of person and being able to, um, like you said, you know, kind of uh, verbal judo uh, or probably even personality judo in a way um <laughs> able to deal with, with all the different uh personalities and make people feel important i do yep. know from a human perspective like we all want to feel important we all want to feel like somebody's noticing us and and um uh you know feel like we're valued so when you're able to do that obviously that resides well with them i got a follow-up question i know daniel wants say something but just real quick <clears throat> what are the big some of the key pitfalls so we can add some value to people watching what are some key pitfalls that that somebody maybe whether they're new uh to the to the flooring industry altogether or maybe 
someone like myself who does commercial mostly, what are what are some of the pitfalls with owners, with homeowners, and and kind of how do you maneuver around those or turn them into a superpower? What what do you do there, and and what are those pitfalls? Uh, for me, it, it, it's kind of like what Charlotte said. Um, I live in a very rural area. We all we're gonna see. I'm gonna see my clients at a football game. I'm gonna see my clients at the grocery store. And it's providing that service that might not even be a flooring service. I might be at their house in their air conditioner and, and their air. I mean, this is a true story. Their air conditioner ain't working and they can't. Who do I call to fix my air conditioner? And it might just be we're all contractors. We all got each other's phone numbers. I'm going to call it. I, you know, I'm going to sound like I'm real important. Oh, yeah, this is John Steyer, Steyer Flooring <laughs> over at Mrs. Jones. You know, her, her air conditioner ain't working. Can you, what do you guys get down there? And so I might not win that um that that job because uh you know it might be one that's just a budgeted job and and i personally me i'm not the guy for those jobs like i'm not the the race to the bottom sharpen the pencil kind of guy it is what it is um but i think you know it go you know one thing going back to it is learning communication and soft skills and i think that is such a tough thing. You, I, I think people either just have the ability to learn it or, or to conquer it, or they just don't have it. Um, it's, it is a tough skill. And I think as a residential installer, it's, it's almost like that is the one thing that's going to set you above anybody because they're going to remember how nice you were or how pleasant you were um, because they don't understand the whole technical point of installation, but they understand human nature and, and, and how you treated them. Good insight. I think that um, just a, a side note is it's I don't want people to be discouraged here. Um, I I would tell you that, John, the way you deal with people is the exact opposite of how I dealt with people, which is probably a good testament to why I didn't do so well in the residential. World. <laughs> uh, I I didn't. I, w I was really pretty young at the time, but. I was there to provide a service figured if I did good install, I didn't have to be the most personable person. I didn't know anything about human nature or humans as a, you know, like human needs or, or understanding people's uh, problems. I just was there. To, I was a good installer. I'm here to install your floor. Uh, if you want to chit chat, I might give you five or 10 minutes at the end of the job, but that's about all I got for you. You, you've really, it sounds like you and Charlotte and Charlotte's son. I, I'm sorry, Charlotte, I forgot his name off the top of my head here. But Matt Garcia. Matt, yeah. So you guys tend to have that um, that skill almost already built in. I had to learn it. It took me a long time to learn. Um, but guys, I'm 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 telling you now, you can learn the skill. It really is based on human emotion and human tendencies and the human needs. You can investigate and research those three topics and really dive in and you can get a lot better at it. If you are like uh, the old Paul that was kind of a jerk and and didn't, you know, I wanted to do good work, but I, I wasn't the most personable person. So, um, yeah, anyway, just wanted to point out that there you can get better, but you you sound like you got it in spades. Yeah, and I was going to ask, you know, because you said that you don't really do the race to the bottom thing, but I didn't know how your competition was. Do you have a lot of people that are around like that? Because we get 
some people that come to us and it's like, this is the material I want. And we are, we're, sometimes we're like, you should not use this material. But they're the salesmen that they talked to before, like sold them on it so well that they do not want to change their mind. And how do you how do you go about something like that? I, I truthfully don't ever believe in changing somebody's mind. That's just that that's led to me in the past with that buyer's remorse. And I hate that where they they just you 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 they've come in they wanted something i can't get it i don't want to get it or for whatever reason it just i've got them to switch um i i think that's the one unique thing about small communities we are not saturated in my area with flooring installers flooring stores um i mean it's slim there's more if i wanted to get a divorce today i could find more lawyers to help me than if i needed my carpet bedroom installed i mean truthfully and, and that is the one benefit we have around here is, yes, I know, I know I'm higher priced than a lot of places. I, I don't have, I mean, truthfully, I just don't have a way of knowing how much shopping around goes in. I, I do know that when I get asked to bid projects, like we need a bid, we're, we're accepting bids. I, I am upfront with them right away that, you know, for me to bid this, I just want you to know that I'm not going to, there's, there's, I'm going to miss something if I'm the lowest guy on this bid. Like there's something I'm leaving out. So if they know that going into it, it kind of just saves me that, that time there too, of not having to deal with that. But I, I'm very well aware that like, like in your case, Daniel, with what you guys do, you know, I mean, everybody's trying to get in there and you know, it's, it can be a matter of just a couple bucks on a huge project that, you know, sets you apart from the next one. And it might not be, you know, you guys might all be good, you know, all good installers, all great salesmen. Um, I, I just don't deal with that a whole lot in my area. So that's my one plug for living in rural America right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty good, man. And, and so you have an opportunity to, I don't want to say control the market, but you're, you're essentially setting a, a standard in your area. And that's awesome. Um, well, still, do you, I mean, I mean, just guessing there, there are still other options, right? Correct. So back to the pitfall, because I want, I really want to make sure that we, we focus on the relationship of that you get with it. Do you get a lot of uh, return customers? Yes. So that, that's, what's going to, that's, what's going to keep me in business. So how did you, know? you what, what are the, what are the things that were tough to deal with? with a homeowner, but you were able to overcome them and maybe even turn them into a, a positive, like what, what for somebody just watching, like they're, they're going to go into their first homeowner's appointment. The homeowner wants whatever it is. You can make the story up, but they're going in and going to show some, some flooring or someone comes into the showroom. It's their first experience. What should they expect from homeowners that is, that you found unique to, to kind of your business. And then how do you overcome that? Um, as, as great as Google and the internet is, there's still, for my, this is for me, they're still coming in wanting to know what to do. And I can send it, it, it to me, it's tough to, to, you know, get the point you know, they, they, they'll go online, they'll read, I want vinyl plank flooring. I need vinyl plank flooring. 
and you think, oh, yeah, I got a great sale here. Here we go. And you go to the house and it turns out that they've got four layers of something over here, carpet in here. That's that is a big floor prep is a big obstacle in 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 my opinion for me for residential remodel. That is the and I'm still working on it because my floor prep can be way more than anything else on that estimate. And so when my customers in the shop, they come in here and I'm, I'm pretty good with my numbers. Like I know what my square foot price of carpet's going to cost. I roughly know what my square foot of labor is going to be, but I never know what floor prep's going to be. And so I quote them X amount of dollars square foot and I go look at their project and they've got ceramic tile laid on top of sheet vinyl <laughs> with two layers, a quarter inch subfloor and the doors are barely <laughs> open right now. And it's hard to, at that point, articulate the amount of cost it's going to take for them to put this new floor in and, you know, address the door, the height issues, address issues with appliances, um, address uh, base moldings. And so I would say as a, as a, uh, a new installer, you want to you want to get make yourself very aware of everything else that goes into play when purchasing, you know, a floor like that, you know, it's, it's not because you can't go in. I mean, it's going to be really hard for you to say, yeah, we're going to come in and just demo out your house when you're living in here, but you got to come in with a bunch of jackhammers and shop backs. And I mean, that, that's something that really needs to be addressed right up, right up hand. So, so based on what he's saying right now and what I've seen on some of the like retailer groups, it's like completely different. Cause he's like, make sure you have all this stuff in line. You go on those retailer groups where it's just store owners and they sub out, um, you know, most or all of their work. And they, they always say, sell the job, worry about the details later, sell, 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 worry about all that yeah. stuff later. And then it, it gets to a point to where it's like, well, who's going to end up worrying about it? Probably the installer that walks in the door. And then we look like the a-holes cause it's like, Ooh, there's a bunch of stuff here that we're going to have to address. Yeah. I've always thought that the, the retail sales people have got to have, because uh, they get complained about a lot. I, I don't have enough history myself to, to say good, you know, speak good or uh, negative comments about it. All I can tell you is that on the Facebook groups are different you know, installer conventions. It's like the the salesman at a retail store is like the most hated person. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, I, There's I'm just telling a lot you, of information, I think, that, that they don't add in there. And Well, they need to be up front. Here's what I've heard from both Charlotte and John. Educational selling. Educate your client on what to expect. Educate, and that bodes right with what um the the uh one of the audience members brought up there daniel right like edu the, the setting the expectation yep yeah so like educating your your client on what to expect on a floor prep situation or what to expect long term from a flooring that they want um and then managing that expectation so that when they get that thing that end result that they knew they get what they expected that's what i hear the the most i don't i i i think that's the problem with regular salesmen like you're gonna go install it john so you're gonna sell it the way that you're gonna install it a salesman's trying to get a sell 
is is almost fearful of the flooring the the real issue like you said that could be even more expensive than the flooring itself is the demo and the floor prep uh yes and and it's that's a gross miss i i think that's how do i put this that's a, that's a terrible way to get a sell because then the person following you like daniel alluded to there when you're going in afterwards the or going in to install the flooring the the installer that's there is at a disadvantage from day one he's got to tell them oh you got you know 75 bags of self-leveling that's needed in this facility or in your home well how much is that going to cost oh installed it's probably around 80 bucks a bag yeah <laughs> yeah like i mean we, the we, we run into situations like that too and, and because we were the installation outfit who, who did the sale it was a little bit easier to, to explain right but like if uh i'll put an example we had a gentleman doing some carpet on another uh one of our installs on a residential job and he came back and said hey there's some issues with this floor like like and dude, like they they did chicken wire and they packed concrete in there over a wood Ooh. substrate and you know and it was like all right dude i know that you're not going to deal with that i'll just come in i'll deal with it and, and you got to let the client know and it's it's hard to prep anybody for that um but like you said if you're not prepping if the salesperson isn't prepping for uh circumstances that could happen as a variable the installer is looking bad because now the installer is looking like their hand is out wanting more money. Um, and they still, they're just a middleman at, at any, or they're putting the salesperson to the point to be middleman where they have to mediate and who's going to lose. Like I've been on the losing side of that as the installer for another company on a residential job or even directly to a homeowner. Um, those are hard to maintain relationships with because you do look like the bad guy. And yeah, job said it feels like a bait and switch, doesn't it? If I'm a homeowner, I'm told that it's going to cost me, you know, $4,000 for this new LVT in my home. And then the installer says I need to spend another $3,000 to, to to actually do it. Well, the, it feels like a bait and switch to a homeowner, I would I would guess. Right. And, and that's where we talked about last week, too, when we were talking about like moisture mitigation and stuff. It's like, I don't want to do this. Like it in a perfect world i'd just go in there lay the floor and be done that's what i want to do but if we don't you're not going to be happy yeah i i think it's all it sounds like to me one of the most important parts to all this and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong here but it's it's just educating the homeowner on uh not the processes and the products themselves there you go and making sure that they're well informed about what they're buying and what they should expect at the end i mean yeah, that sounds whole, like most problems their their whole i mean residential you know like you get into it and the one thing that i always i mean it doesn't matter whatever job you're working on that day that's the most important job you're going to do that's just how i've always looked at it and and, and managing that expectation and uh you know, I and Jose is going to comment on this. I know, and I'm not one. I don't like throwing people under the bus um, because I, you know, <laughs> so so like with, with with sales, I get it, but you're only as you only know what you know, and so if if you know, 
we, we talk about installers not being trained well. Well, how, what does that say about our, our, our sales staff too? If they're not trained, you know, if, if, if we're aware of moisture issues, height issues, there's this whole list of stuff that's in, in our description of our flooring, our sales staff needs to be aware of it. And I don't think it needs to be overly complicated discussing this with the homeowner. Um, um, of the of these of these issues that can arise i mean i don't think you need to start throwing money around right away i think it's just more of an issue of well i'm going to pull your vent out over here it looks as though you've got three layers of floor i'm going to put together some options for you best best procedure to move forward i'll let you decide and and go from there because once that installer shows up the last thing he wants to do is is make a phone call and have to stop what he's doing because this wasn't addressed. Well, you think about it when they send the installers out there, as soon as he stops, he's not making he's, any more money. 100%. 100%. Well, and the homeowner, like I said at the very beginning, you know, they really value their time off. I mean, one of the biggest butt tunes I've ever got in my entire life was from a lady who took off vacation to, to redo the carpet in her house and the carpet came in a day late. And I I owed her for her time off and I owed her for her to reimburse her for a vacation time. I mean, oh, it was so like if if that's true, and that might just be my experience, but they lost they they could be losing those days right there. The homeowner themselves are I mean, really the, both the installer and the homeowner then are the victims of the scenario. I mean, I think that's why we started saying, all right, we'll call you when the carpet gets here to schedule. <laughs> Thanks. We, we, Only about 18 years late, Daniel. <laughs> Do you guys, now I got a question for you guys, because, you know, me being where I'm at, we get keys dropped off all the time. We get garage door codes. We get told to help ourselves in the fridge. I mean, is that a common thing in your area neck of the woods or is it like like what you said there i've always wondered about that paul is that a you know we expect you know part of our installation um procedure is the homeowner will be at the house while our crew's working yeah, yeah I, mean, I, I think uh, there's some that will you know in my area and i i honestly i can't speak i could tell you that all my clients like give us keys and stuff, but it's a little bit different because they're a general contractor. We do all their, you know, work for or whatever. Um, I think, what, do, what about you guys, Daniel? And I think most, most of the time they, that the ones that I've worked on, they actually like to be there the entire time. Um, there's sometimes when I'm there and it isn't until, you know, they get that face to face, they, they talk to you for a little bit and then like, yeah, all right, you guys good. All right. Yeah. So most of the residential sales go go through me, um, and when through the whole process, I reassure them that you know they've had bad, a lot of people have had bad experiences, and that's what what led them to us in the first place. And I reassure them over and over again that this is our profession, this is what we do for a living. Um, there's nothing that I am going to do that is going to not have their best interest on uh, on the top of my list. Um, and sometimes Daniel's right. Sometimes you start out with the homeowner there. And then once they get a little acclimated to you, they're like, oh, you got this. All right, I'm leaving. Um, and we'd rather have it empty because we just like to work. Right. But 
it's not always the case. Sometimes you get those clients that like to learn a little bit and ask you a lot of questions. And those That's okay too. Um, and then John, just to go back about your food and all that messed up, like going in the fridge, we've been put in situations like that. And some people, uh, crew wise, some people like to take advantage of that. Yes. Some people will prefer not to do that. Um, so we've, we've been the, the victim of both sides of that where we felt. I'm always, le- I'm always leery with that stuff, man. I don't want to. We've done no, it. I don't, I don't want to. Like, you ate all my candy. Like, yeah, like two people <laughs> had some candy. You told us help yourself and set it out for something like that. Grab some candy, or um, the biggest thing is uh, like using the restroom. At the residence. Yep. like that's going to be a make it or break it on the, the next phone call for sure. But that's right, a big. That's... I had a client come in, so I had to dart out for a second. But we, most of our clients, <laughs> I mean, we get keys and they're not there. Sometimes they're there because they have to be there and they just stay in another room. I don't know if it's our area, just the high trust factor, but we also focus in on leaving our areas clean and no handprints on the walls and just making sure we have one of our guys that choose and, you know, it's like whatever, but don't leave your spittoon cup on the job. And he, <laughs> he did that like one time and that was a little annoying, but we try to make them very conscientious of being very respectful. Say, hey, this is like your home. I mean, what would you want somebody in your home doing? Right. Like, if you had someone working in there. Yeah. Daniel looks like he's got somebody churning butter in the background. I know. <laughs> I think that's, Jose, you made a great point there about the restroom. And so, you know, I'm going to back up. But you guys remember when COVID hit? That was a big deal for us. Like, I, you know, we went into people's homes. We were clean. We cleaned their bathrooms. Just so it would smell clean, because every you know the whole germ thing, that's kind of become like a practice. That's that's kind of become a practice for us now. Is just to grant we've always got those little bleach wipes. I don't care. I'll put a rubber glove on, clean up everybody's you know mess, even if it's your kids. I don't care. I think that's one thing. I tell you what, you want to make somebody's day, have them come home to a clean bathroom, and and uh, they they know you did it. But we always do ask if you know we can use a hall bath or a. Um, a basement bathroom because we're at your house working we don't want to leave to go to the gas station and we're going to be there eight hours you got to you know expect us to you know we're going to use the bathroom yeah i i'd say commercially the bathroom thing actually resides pretty well uh yeah. times we're using porta johns and such but once say on a hotel job they get the toilets in the upper floors and people start using the bathrooms and they start looking like Looking like contractors are using the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can do anybody that watches this on YouTube or, or is watching now, we can do better, guys. <laughs> Let's clean Absolutely. up. At least clean Get up. Some after ice all, all right. Well, um, what uh you know, we've talked about a lot of uh the I would almost call them sales methods but they're they're really relationship building tools do you guys do any like uh gift cards at the end or like do you listen to your client um want our business developer she's for our company she's really good in the commercial world listening to our client and all of a sudden she'll she'll hand she'll like home make chili and take it to our contractor's office or they love chili she's done that several times uh, if they like a certain type of movie, she'll just go buy the movie tickets. Uh, if, and these are multi multi million dollar companies that we, that we do business with, but 
it builds a relationship like crazy. Uh, do you guys do any of those uh, things like someone loves dogs and you just out of the blue send them a, a chewy pack with a whatever? Is any of that uh, a part of your relationship building uh methods or or is that too i'm gonna be honest you know like i don't think about some of that stuff to be honest with you and, and, and shame on me i guess if, if that is a common a common thing to do um i mean we we try to uh do nice things when we can but i think we talked about it too uh at a previous conversation about making the uncomfortable or making the gc uncomfortable or a homeowner uncomfortable like I don't want to feel like I'm bribing someone to maintain a relationship. Well, you can bribe a you can bribe a homeowner all you want. There's nothing nothing illegal about <laughs> bribing them with gifts. It's a little bit different, but you know, if you take uh, and and Lori is is our business developer's name. She she's really cognizant of taking the whole office, for example, the chili, not just some individual guy that she's trying to build a relationship with. That's awesome. Uh, but. Um, yeah, you can do that with homeowners all you want and not break any rules. Um, I'm just our, in our trade, a lot of times we're working with builders and their homes are, are being built. And I've dealt with people for a year and a half. They walk in there. I'm all, hey, Katrina, how are you doing? You know, and you you, you build that relationship. And there was another one. She she liked wine. I, I actually moved here from California from wine country. <laughs> And in it, and I told you we give them a gift basket, but it's a basket. Sometimes there's coffee cups in there or something that's just for them. And I got her one of my favorite bottles of wine and put it in there. So you, it is super cool when you can meet them. Like you get them a personalized gift. There was another one that she came in and she had lost her husband and she's moving here. And I put in a little plaque just to encourage her. And so, and I'm super good at customer service, you know, and, and you oh, know, right. just to be able to do that. Most of the time, it's just a nice basket with something in there. But sometimes, if, especially if I've developed a relationship for over a year with a client and helping them to, you know, design their home and pick out flooring, definitely, you know, I find something cool in there. I like, hey, can, you know, I, I push it up to upper management. You know, can I go ahead and just do a little extra for this person? And and they're they're putting reviews on our on our site. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's that that's awesome. I mean, you know those types of things one of the things we did uh commercially is uh we have a client that owns a lot of different restaurants and they're not franchises he like builds his own brand up and he'll have three or four of them and one of them uh we put a, we put their logo in their walk-off carpet in their main entrance for him and it was a cool. it, was, it was it was a um big deal to them like they didn't think about it Lori had thought about it, suggested it. I was like, if you don't think they'll mind, let's do it. That would be cool. And, you know, now they walk in and it's a nice, a nice vestibule walk-off carpet like normal, except it's got their logo water jetted into it. So just a little, that, that was an expensive deal, but we'd done a lot of business with them. Uh, but there, you, like you just said, Charlotte, they don't, it doesn't have to be huge, grandiose, just showing that you're, listening and notice that they like something it seems to go a long way especially in a town like ours i mean there was another client that we've been working with and just she's been struggling trying to find the right product she goes to the ymca gym where i go to you know like hey i know her kids and you know i know their names actually we have a system when somebody comes in here and they bring in their kids 
I write in what their kids' names are. And then when they come back, I'm like, you know, how's little Joey doing, you know, or whatever, or just talk because you know, I've got kids. And so, you know, you dress the kids, you dress the mom, you dress the dad, and you just, you know, they're not just a customer, they're a person that's walking in here that needs something and you want to make sure they're spending a lot of money and you want to make sure, you know, that you have that kind of relationship. And Jose, it's not bribing. It's just being um, attentive to the customer and still, and it's honest. Like I honestly just really care about my customers. And, and like I said, you know, some come in and they've got different circumstances going on in their life. And for some reason I become counselor sometimes and, <laughs> you know, but I listen, you know, it's like you sit there and you just pay attention to their struggles and, and going, and I personally just renovated my home and had to have my floors redone by our company. And so I've really got another, I, I understand what they're going through. It's not fun. You know, you're displaced and all that. We are super disrupt. I, I, I'm surprised anybody ever replaces their floors. I mean, you got to get, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you got to get all the way out of your home. It's yep. extensive, right? You can repaint by moving stuff center, throw some plastic over it and throw up some paint. Even yeah. and, and a, a high quality painter won't get a thing on nothing. And it's like move back in the, you got to move out. You got to move out <laughs> to do our stuff. And then, and then, you know, it's expensive on top of that. Paint a room for 200 bucks or do a, the floor for, you know, 1200. So I, yeah, I, I'm always amazed. Like it's a, it's a big commitment, I think, for uh, people when they go to replace their flooring. Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, I lived in one room and then when they finally got to that room, minus our, our guys did it. I had one guy one day a week, a floor that should have took three weeks, took me five months. And I was literally moving while they were doing the sanding. I was waiting for the last minute to move out. So when our clients come in here and they start talking about that, it's just a matter of relating my own experiences. I've also had a family and we lived in one room with a hot plate while, the, while they were doing, and obviously we're from multiple generations of floor covering. So we were doing it, but I know what it feels like. And I think just to relate to them and and really un let let them know that you understand where they're at and we're trying to do our best to get you in there and and get the job done for you so basically she's saying daniels that you owe a lot of gift baskets <laughs> <laughs> i do i i'm like going through gift baskets right now i was like i'm out of supplies i gotta go back to hobby lobby <laughs> that, that's yeah, that, cool i don't deal with the residential remember <laughs> yeah but you you take care of all the back end stuff like that and 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 Charlotte, just so, so you know, it is, I didn't call it bribing. I said, I just didn't want to feel like I, I, was I, I know. I'm, yeah. I'm just teasing Jose. I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, uh, I want to tell everybody, thank you for, for joining Charlotte and John. I appreciate you guys jumping on and, and, uh, given your, your experience and freely sharing your, um, I wouldn't call them tactics, but you know, the way that you go about building relationships. I mean, Anybody on the call, you should have got some nuggets here. A, educational selling works. So educate, and and you guys can chime in here, but I, it seems to me that it's very familiar to me in the commercial world. We have to be pretty educational based on our sales tactics, uh, maybe even more so on your guys' residential stuff. And then giving a care about the person, maybe listening tossing a gift basket or like I said, you know, if, if 
if uh, somebody's a huge dog lover, Lori will find something that matches. Uh, she knows what kind of dog they have. So actually listening and understanding their need uh, and what they enjoy. And you can bring a little, you know, along with the new floor, you can bring a little bit more light to their day by just giving them a nice little gift. Uh, thank you. Um, so that's all good stuff. Those, those are two big things I think that came out of this call. And uh, I hope people really take it to heart because you guys, everybody on this call is successful at doing what they're doing. And uh, so it's encouraging to hear some of those, uh, you know, approaches work for both sides of the industry. Uh, yes. But there are some specific ways to go, um, you know, with your homeowners. So yeah, anything, so any closing thoughts there by anybody? I I. Going back to the education, that's one thing that we try to just do. Is if you educate them and then you let them, you know, pick out what they want once they've been educated, you know, if they, they like they sell vinyl plank as being invincible and it's not. And we don't, it's not that we don't want to sell it or do whatever. It's just like, just understand the limitations of the product. So education is huge. Yeah. Waterproof flooring is not waterproof people. No. <laughs> and it's also not scratch resistant. I mean, if you do it hard enough and, you know, you can scratch that floor. I was in the doctor's office and I took a picture of a scratched uh, vinyl plank floor and sent it to my son. I was like, it can scratch. <laughs> yes, it will. It will scratch. In fact, if uh, if you got the right dog. Um, <laughs> so. All right. Uh, Jose Daniel, closing thoughts. Yeah. Before we uh before we get out of here, the it's all the time is almost up for the scholarship. So everyone, get on the scholarship. If you signed up to be a part of the webinar, you should, you'll probably get another email before it ends. I'm assuming. I think I got one today. Uh, yeah. So uh, what Daniel's talking about is uh, our forward progress scholarship with the FCICA. It's a salesman. Uh, you could really benefit from it, honestly. Um, salesman at, at uh, flooring retailers, installers. Uh, several of our guys are CIMs, and it's the certified installation manager uh, through the FCICA. It's a great program. It's valued around $1,300, I believe. So uh, sign up. It's it's a scholarship, and, and uh, we're looking forward to giving that out. We have two days left for um, to apply for that scholarship. So if you're interested in kind of learning the best uh, practices and management and things, this it's skewed a little bit heavy. Well, he's a CIM, so he can attest that, and, you know, there's some great knowledge that you can gain in there. Yeah. There's a lot of information that they have in there. And, and I think that the information that is available through the SIM program is worth its weight in gold. If you're a salesperson, it opens up your eyes from the installation aspect. If you're an installer, it opens up your eyes to the sales aspect. It, it just it helps uh it, it helps bring common ground to uh the the full process versus one side or the other. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, that program anybody from any part, whether you're a salesman, installer, owner project manager at a commercial firm can benefit from it. It's got such a wide variety of, uh, of, uh, 
of uh, knowledge and, and information and education. So I know all this, even though I'm not CIM, because I have a several on my staff. Get there, Paul. I also have the book. So <laughs> I've gotten to read through their books and, and their binder. So again, guys, uh, we've come to the end of the podcast. It, I say this every week, but man, a, an hour flies. It was a pleasure. <laughs> this was yeah. fun chatting with everybody and talking through uh, everything. Thank you guys yeah, I do have one closing day. statement. It was huge, man. One, yeah. one thing to close out with is good luck, Ma. Kick butt down there, okay? Oh, yeah, she, she's here. We're in the Bahamas right now because she has a gymnastics competition. All right. Go. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> job <laughs> all right guys we will um catch you guys next week and um we appreciate charlotte and john joining and uh, hopefully the audience got some value and we'll talk to you guys later see ya all, all right, right. Bye -bye. See you guys bye, bye.